1: Connect with Community Wākato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato, and have with me in the studio Anne Douglas, financial guru and community advisor from Community Waikato. Welcome. Mōrēna, Holly. So, so good to have you here. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the important stuff today. We're talking about the money. The money, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and the money is, of course, what makes the world go around, unfortunately. Yeah. But we did think it is timely, starting out a new year, to be thinking a bit about what is financial resilience in the nonprofit sector? What does that look like? And what can we do as organisations where sometimes we feel like we are done to rather than able to drive our own um, agenda? Um, what is it that we can do to build our own financial resilience so we can do the great work
0: we do yeah, in the world? You know, I think, I think as organisations we need to plan well and we need to have control over what that budget looks like. So to me, as I think you've probably all heard me say before, um, I think our budgets for all profit, non-for-profit organisations are our most essential tool to make sure we stay healthy and robust and that we aren't um, getting any... Um, any um, decisions made without there being a mechanism to make them within.
1: Who who sets the budget? Is that a a governance or is that an
0: operational role? Yeah, so a governance board should always make sure a budget is prepared but that's quite often delegated to the team Um, and so for an example for Community Waikato, that's Holly and I, we prepare a budget, we've already looked at our budget for the 1st of March this year and uh, we will then present that to the board closer to the end of the financial year just to make sure that it aligns to what our actual spending was for 2024, end 31st of March, and then we will put that budget to the board. They will ratify that if they've got any questions or if they think the budget's a bit tight. They may ask us to um, reconsider some of our expenses or look at whether there's any other avenues of revenue, Um, because at the end of the day, the budget is your uh, monitoring mechanism, but it's also the way that a board can ensure that they are keeping their organisation safe
1: do you you in your role you do a bit of advisory work as well and often it's around the financial yeah. space do you find a number of organizations don't currently have budgets
0: absolutely you know and it surprises me how often when I go to do a funding workshop the first thing I ask is whether people have a budget and there's often their are hands in the, in the, that don't come up in the air and that's concerning because how do you know how much you want if you haven't got a budget yeah. and if you haven't got a budget you've got no idea where you're going to go and what you're going to go who you're going to go to for that money, you know, you don't want an organisation finding money in a funding pot and saying, oh, we're going to apply for that. You need to know what your projects and programmes are and then identify who would fund the work. So, um, Is
1: that hard, though? Like, if we think about the work we do in the sector, often it's quite, I'm going to use the word responsive rather mm than reactive, mm -hmm. (laughs) quite responsive to new needs in communities. Mm -hmm. So how do we prepare a budget that might take into account different things that come up? Yep. in terms of need. So
0: always good to have a contingency line, always good to have um, so for example I'm on a different board and we always put a line entry in for um, miscellaneous activities or events. So there may be something comes up that you're going to do, What something comes up for White Ribbon Day or something comes up for Children's Day that is not normally your mahi but you may yeah. decide you want to be part of that programme and if you've got a line entry in there which allows you a little bit of money to assign to being part of that programme, it can you The ability to do that, yeah. I mean, budgets obviously sound very, very critical. Yeah, and you don't want huge contingency lines and huge miscellaneous lines. But I think all funders would realise that things come up that um, we need to identify we're going to be part of at the time. Yeah.
1: Yep. Tell me a little bit about financial systems then, and how they contribute to resilience um, financially for an organisation.
0: Yeah. So your financial systems are making sure that you do the things you should be doing. Mm. You know, so making sure that uh, you have good policies and Processes around the way you deal with your money, uh, good policies and processes around um, uh, the authorisation of, con- of of contracts yeah. and payments, um, of making sure that you know the way you roll. You know, so that is how you reimburse your staff and volunteers for expenses. Uh, how you go about making decisions around whether you're going to be parts of pieces of work that come to you and what what is the mechanism to say to come to Holly and say oh well I've got this new idea that I want us to be part of this year can we do that yeah and having a policy or a process system or an idea about how that works within your organization to make decisions relate relating to that yeah um, and also you know some of that financial system stuff is how you deal with your money so having it through a spreadsheets all very well and I know that very 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 many small organisations use Excel and things like that, and that can be a good starting um, starting point. But it's not long term, and yeah. it's not it's not uh, it's not very safe. Uh, at least when you have an accounting package such as MyB or um, zero a zero, or, there yeah. are. Um, there's an audit trial behind it, so nothing can be deleted. No matter what yeah. you do within those systems, there cannot be any fraudulent activity, as in nothing can be removed from those systems. So it's really important that you have some system that can... Um, capture that information at all time. You can pull reports from that. It tracks where you're going with money. It uh, gives you yeah. a good way of report back to your funders. Can give you snapshots of where you are financially at any point in time. Gives you a period of time, could be a year of time, could be a date, uh, and it could just be an account transaction.
1: And what I think so important about that software is the budget variance. Mm, yeah, you know, and this is tying back to yep. the importance of that yep.
0: budget, eh? Yep. So the board can see so I'll I'll pull a report for the previous month that goes to the board. They can see where we're over and where we're under on every line entry. So once again, I've said this before, we don't want boards getting into every line entry on a budget, but you do want to be the people that are overseeing that budget and saying, yeah, it looks like we're running within budget. If we're over on a budget line, we've got an explanation as to why, and if we're under on a budget line, we've got an explanation why.
1: So what's the concerning over or under? Because, you know, so um, you know, a, a percentage or two might not be a worry, but a, a 500% over might be. But at what point, what point do red flags? Should they be going up? Yeah,
0: so so for me, uh, our our theory at, at Community Waikato is ten percent variance under and over. Yeah, I don't know if I'm exactly that, yep. but you know, generally, I I just look at things and say, well, the board needs to have an explanation around yeah. that. Um, and if something's considerably over, the board should know. At, at you know, yes. if you can see at the beginning of the year, oh, we haven't allowed enough, enough for our motor vehicle expenses, the board should know that at any point in time. Boards should not get surprises. They yeah. don't want to know at the end of a financial year they so way over on some line entry, and you haven't given them a heads up. Yeah, boards are quite comfortable if they know it's coming. It's when they don't come, don't um don't know, and that means you are not doing your job. Yeah. at keeping the board informed on where they're going. Yeah, yep.
1: no, that that all makes a lot of sense. Yep. We're going to turn to how organisations can generate income, um, and there are a few different ways. We've got seven different sort of um, uh, streams, revenue yep. streams, yep. opportunities. Yep. Um, so I thought we'd go through each of them and explain what they are, and then yep. think about um, the value of using multiples. Yep. All right, so yep. let's start with grants because that feels like probably the most common. Yep. Well,
0: for us anyway. Yeah. So I think for um for the for profit sector, you know, grants tend to be the go to source of income, and and that's that's great. Um, you know, once you are proved to be a a solid organisation, most funders will fund you regularly. However, keeping in mind that funders are being stretched as well at the moment, so there are some changes coming with funders around their priorities, how they fund... Um, local government are changing the way they're funding. So go- organisations need to be aware that as much as they may have been supported for the last 10 years, things could be changing, and yeah. that includes community Waikato. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you've just got to always consider other income streams that will make you more sustainable, that word sustainable, yeah. um, because if you have other... Ways of creating revenue, it makes you more safe, makes you safer.
1: If you're a new organisation and you haven't gone for a grant before, what sort of things might you need behind you in order to be successful getting a grant? And what is your pitch like? We probably wouldn't go for a $100,000 no, grant you'd first go off. for a
0: small grant. So and most funders want to see a 12-month track record, as in they'll want to see you have some financial systems in place, as in some financial reporting. They'll want to see you having regular meetings. They'll want to see that you have uh, a committee structure. So they want to see separation of duties. They want to see a board making a decision, a group of more than two people. Chairperson, Secretary, Treasurer or some uh, some, some authorised hmm. people within that board uh, and they'll want to see so that for 12 months you've had some systems in place that they can see that they would feel safe giving you their money and that you would be able to report back on efficiently. Yeah, no, that that sounds yeah. good. Yep. Um, donations. Right. So donations are, are can be a really, really good source of income. So we all think of donations as in uh, there's someone on the corner of the street with a bucket. Yeah. And that is, is, is still around. Uh, there are still people that come on your phone and ask you for a donation to the local charity or whatever it may be. But I also would encourage you to think about how you ask for donations and what you ask for donations for. Uh, we've had experience of people having newsletters within some of our communities where they said, oh, we're trying to upgrade our computers, blah, 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 blah. A couple of days later, a farmer turned up with 10 new computers for them. Wow. So people may not have time to give to your organisation. They may not have um the ability to come and actually be on your board but they may have other ways that they can donate to you. Uh, Also being aware that we all have connections and that you may need a website written for your organisation and somebody's husband or cousin or somebody might be a website developer and they may donate that time for free and create your website. So it doesn't always have to be money, it can be stuff and resources and experience.
1: Yeah, so keeping an open mind about what those opportunities are sounds like a really smart thing to do. Some grants call themselves donations. Can you explain to me the difference between a grant and a donation coming from a funder?
0: Yep. So a donation from a funder means there is no GST involved in it. So you have people like Well Energy, Trust, Waikato, Tyndall, they are all donation-based funders. There's no GST included in those grants, whereas most most of your grants from places like Department of Internal Affairs, uh, any of your local governments... Uh, your gaming trust will all attract GST, and that's why no, that's called. They're all a grant in the end. Some are grants with, with, uh, which are called a donation because there's no yep. GST included in them.
1: That's cool. Thank yep. you. I think that clarity <laughs> is quite important because handling GST in a small organisation can also be a little overwhelming. Yeah,
0: and we know that there are organisations that have paid uh GST on grants that are a donation. Yeah. So always being clear when you get the money through from a funder, just check if it's not clear in the letter that there's no GST or that it's a donation. Then you just ring the funder and say, is there GST in this or not? Yeah, yep. no, that that's very wise. Yep. Sponsorships. Right, so sponsorships. So the difference with sponsorship is they want something in return, don't yeah. they? They want to be aligned to your organisation, so they've identified... You've approached them perhaps to be the people that provide the marquee for your event. Uh, And so this is about why would that sponsor want to be part of your organisation or aligned with your organisation. So there needs to be a values fit. They want to be seen to be aligned to the Melville Community House or to Community Waikato. There's something you stand for that they Mm. like to be aligned with. But the thing with sponsorship is they want something in return. So it's really important that you have some sort of a written contract that says – we will provide this as your sponsor and you will provide this as the, person we are, uh, the people we're and, and so
1: part of that, what you might be providing is you might be talking um, this organisation up. So we might say the Dog Obedience Club yep. and we might get sponsored with dog food, That's right. for example. Yep. But then we would say to our members, hey, you know...
0: So and so sponsoring us as dog food, um, fantastic. You know, Yes, and- absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, remembering that these people have supported you, so you need to support them not only when you have your event, yes. but also throughout the year. And just reminding people, well, Bunnings did provide our our yes. our our. our um, gravel for the for the sandpit or whatever it is but just remembering don't always be with your sponsor just because it's the time of the year that you want them to sponsor your marquee yeah and remembering what you promise to do on the day if you mention you're going to mention them four times a day they mention them five times a day make sure that you are as loyal to them as they should be to you
1: and i think you know you mentioned right at the beginning of this part the values fit and and that's quite important to think through as an organisation yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah. Like, are you going to be sponsored by a cigarette company? You yes. know,
0: yes. If you're if you're if you're a quit smoking organisation, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So just making sure that there is an alignment because also um, I have I, I'm aware of over the years, sp- uh, organisations getting involved with sponsors and the sponsor getting information they shouldn't, and it means that they've then. Um, Drilled their members to try and get them to buy the product that uh, they are yes. selling. Yep. So it could be an alarm company, it could be a security company, anything like that. So just be very aware of of what information you give your sponsor, uh, because that is uh, very you've got to be very careful with that confidentiality. Yeah. 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 So
1: good to know. Um, enterprise or earned inco- income, sometimes entrepreneurship. Yes. Yep. So it's
0: about what you can what what you can make out of what you already have, as in um, community Waikato have a couple of car parks. We don't. Use so we hire those out. You can hire out your training rooms. You could hire out your equipment. Uh, some people hire out projectors and um, and uh, monitors. Some people hire out their staff in the nicest possible way. They yeah. hire them out for, because of their expertise. You yeah. know, I'm
1: thinking of like a um, an organisation we know that has very specific uh, knowledge and skills around. Um, Intercultural relationships And so they go into companies And talk to them about how to build Good relationships between diverse You know Absolutely. Yeah, staff. And,
0: and you yeah. see, that's then, you, you, you've you got another line entry of, mm. of revenue that you don't have to go filling out applications for, and it can be it's something you can build, and that could be another um, line entry that really covers certain parts of your work.
1: And that can be, that's, we're going to, we should probably talk about tagged income. Maybe we'll come to tagged income and how these sit in different yeah. places, yeah. so we'll
0: come yeah. to that after. Um, contracts. So right. Yeah. yeah. How's that different from a sponsorship? Yeah, so contracts tend... We tend to think of contracts coming from government, okay? They're not always from government. Some businesses can um, put out tenders for contracts. So contracts are where the government wants something covered, uh, it could be providing disability services in our communities. So you tender for these contracts through the GETS um, yeah. website of the government. You will be tendering for those contracts along with lots of other organisations providing disability services. But if it's something you do as your core work, why would you not tender for that contract? The thing with contracts is they can be quite um, administratively heavy. Yes. So there's a lot of accountability involved, quite a lot of reporting involved. However, uh, in my past experience, there's a lot of work that you may have to do to get into those contracts, but they're also really good things for your organisation moving forward. We've um, I've been part of a previous organisation where we've had to create a manual because it's been to do with um, work around older people. And the manual we created, as much as it took us absolute months, mm. was a fantastic resource for us moving forward mm. because it covered a lot of that process and, and policy stuff I talked about earlier. Uh, so, yeah, just keeping in mind it can be a really good Really? Yeah, what about fundraising? So fundraising's a really good way of getting some income for your organisation that's not tagged for a purpose. Coming into that yeah. tag stuff, so you can fundraise for a purpose, okay, which would mean it is for a purpose, but you can fundraise for general funds, which just so community Waikato is going to run a fundraiser for the day, and and people come along and you create some money. And then you can use it and spend it on anything you like. Okay, mm. and It also gives you an opportunity to raise your profile to people that um, support your organisation to be part of it. If you have volunteers, volunteers can come along. It gives you a chance to involve your funders, get them along to see the yeah. way you do and who supports you. Um, and it can be a really, really good feel-good opportunity. And remembering fundraising doesn't always have to be done just by one organisation. You can find another organisation fairly, fairly similar to you Do the work together, which gives you twice as many people, twice as many resources, twice as many connections.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Fundraising is an interesting one, though, because sometimes it feels like you can do a whole lot of work for very little reward.
0: Absolutely. You know, if
1: you take into account volunteer time and preparation time and maybe you end up with $500 at the end of it, you think, was that the best use of the, you know, 60 hours that have gone into... Absolutely, preparing for this, and, yeah. and
0: community Waikato's experienced that. We've we've done a couple of fundraisers over, over the last few years. Yeah. A lot of time has gone on, um, not a lot of money's come out. Uh, However, you've got to try. You've got to and try. And if you don't try, you're not going to know. And
1: sometimes you see them being vastly successful, yes, you know, yes, fundraisers. Yes, so, you yes. know,
0: it is. And, you know, you can't have a sausage. You can't make any money out of a sausage. So you've got to buy sausages and bread and you've got to have a permit, yeah. and you've got to have gloves and volunteers and you haven't even made any money yet.
1: Yeah, that's right. So,
0: you know, it does a bit of a.
1: Sometimes those creative endeavours are the are the way absolutely, to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me about membership.
0: So membership can be a a fantastic source of income if it's something that works for your organisation. So you've got to think, what have you got to offer if you're going to run a membership? So you've got to have something to offer. Why would somebody want to be a member of your organisation? So have a list of benefits of being a a membership organisation. So often sports groups, you have to be a member to play that sport. But there are others that have friends of organisations where you're members and you just pay a membership to show support for them. Make sure that your membership covers the cost of running a membership. Yes. If you're running a newsletter and you have to give receipts and you have to have a, an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of who's paid, and who hasn't paid, make sure your membership reflects and that. And when order. they've paid, and you yeah. know, great, yeah. great power are a fantastic um, example of an organisation. They have a membership that people really join because they have a discount book. Yeah. and every year the discount book's redone older people love the fact that they get lots of discounts in lots of different places and people join for that pure fact. and it's a very successful membership base
1: yeah yeah. yeah. I, it, it strikes me a little bit like the fundraising and that you really need to balance out yeah. time in to do this right versus what you're likely right. to get out of it yeah. and you sometimes know you, you might need to invest for a few totally. years to, to start reaping the benefits down totally. the track
0: and you know some organisations run something like an event but you have to be a member to yeah. attend the event. Now as the event gets more and more popular, people will want to be part of that. Yeah. So they will join and be members. And also making sure you can piggyback. So could be that you're a member and you offer that they bring a friend and yeah. that friend comes um complimentary but the next year they might become a member. So yeah. that's a really good way of increasing your membership each year.
1: So You know, so they're the seven different streams of revenue. um, And obviously, we encourage organisations to not rely on just one of them. Can you talk us through a little bit about the philosophy? Yeah,
0: so it's really just about diversifying the number of revenue streams you have makes you more resilient. It makes you more robust if you're relying purely on grant income. And you start to get declines because funders change their priorities or their money runs out. And there are a lot of funders who actually aren't even putting themselves out there at the moment because their funds are utilised. So they may have committed to multi-year grants and it means they don't have any more money to give out. So that is why diversifying the number of revenue streams you have makes you safer, makes you more robust and more sustainable.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, that makes sense. Tell me what are tagged funders rather than, like, what is tagged money?
0: So tagged money. Money, is if a funder gives you money for a purpose. So if they give you money to run an event on Children's Day, that is the only thing you can spend that money on. If you spend that money on another purpose, it can black, flat, um, you know, give you a black mark against your name for next time. Yep. So it's really important that if you receive money for a particular purpose, you keep it in a pot and you know how much you have left of it mm. each, each month. Uh, and whereas, if you apply for operating expenses, and you've submitted a budget for your year, you can use that funding for anything within the budget that you have provided to the funder. So, um, yeah. so
1: it's tagged, but it's it's a broad tag. Yeah. Out of our seven revenue streams, what? sort
0: of money is tagged and what so contracts also tagged funding yep. so contracts are, fun- yeah. are tagged if you're fundraising for a purpose it would be tagged, tagged. Yep. if you've received it from a funder for an event or for a purpose to buy equipment for a particular thing it's tagged if you have um Rather than yeah, I don't want to complicate it. But if you have yeah. operating expenses that have been provided to you for a financial year, I would suggest you spend a, um a twelfth of it each month. You know, so yes. you'd know if you receive two hundred thousand from a funder for the year's operating expenses, you would spend a month of it each each. You know, you yeah. you divide it by, by twelve and spend it that way, so you know how much you have left of each pot.
1: I would have thought you would have chosen an easy number like <laughs> <laughs> if you got twelve thousand dollars, you would spend yes, yes. twelve thousand a year. Sorry, not twelve a thousand a month yeah <laughs> Look, I, I, you know they're all the tag funding's a really important part yeah. of yeah. um of of understanding how we can use yep. funds yep. in a non profit organisation, membership's a beautiful way to get untagged funding. It is. Some fundraising yep. donations can be untagged, but yep. they could be tagged yep. if, if someone said, "I'm giving you a hundred dollars to put towards a computer."
0: Yep. Yeah. And 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 you know, without getting into a financial lesson this morning, I think remembering that we do that by putting it on our balance sheet, so it comes in through the bank. Then we just do a journal, which your your accountant can help you with, where it puts it to your balance. Balance sheet, which means it doesn't show as money in your bank as such. Yeah. Because if you don't tag it back onto your balance sheet, it makes it look like you've got all this money in the bank that's available to spend, and it's not.
1: So we're going to have a talk another time about the difference between cash flow and, <laughs> yes. and um, yes. yeah, financial resources. Absolutely. And so that that will be saved for another day. An important conversation, yes. though, I must yes. say. Yes. Look, um, we've only got a few more minutes left. We've got about three minutes, and I wanted to give you a little bit of time to ask you um, what. Like we're at the beginning of 2024 now. Yes. Um, if an organisation's listening and thinking, we just want to we want to do something to to. Build our opportunity for success. Build our resilience. What is your advice for 2024? So the
0: first thing I'd do is get your budget out. Make sure you're ready that your your budget's good for your financial year. Be that a calendar year, 1st of March, 1st of April to 31st of March, whatever that be. Get your head around it. Make sure, is that what, have a look at what you spent last year. Have a look at what are we going to do this year. Does it look similar? Are we going to want to do more or less? Mm. Then that is then what your board or committee considers and say, yep, this is how we want to roll. Do we want to run any fundraisers? Are there any donations we could be asking for? Are the funders that we're going to apply to still have the money we think they do? Yeah. So maybe do some work on just checking the funders' websites. You could even ring the our, our key advisors within, our, within the Waikato to see whether they still have the same pots of money you think they do. Uh, Have a look at your timing for your funding. Make sure you've got your funding aligned with when you're going to run the work you want to do. So you can't be applying for money for something in April, but you're not going to get a decision from a funder from that funder until June. Mm. So making sure that your applications are going in in time. Um, Making sure that you have considered whether you want to do some other things that might create some revenue streams, uh, because they will be the things that will set you up to be confident that you can move forward um, yeah, if it, there
1: are any changes or yeah, surprises, you know. Yeah. We've had a couple of surprises, yes. you know, where, where the funder has had significantly
0: less yes. available. And yep. it's been, yeah. yeah. And, and of course, you know, for us, you know, Community by have been running for a long time. We still are going to have to be very careful next year yeah. that I keep Holly informed and Holly keeps the board informed around where we might have some declines or where yeah. what we thought we were going to get was not gonna, does not happen. And then you have to make a decision at that point you have to say okay we didn't get that money what are we not going to spend or what are we going to do to to rectify it be as you know you find another revenue stream but um you know, the, the no surprise thing is what you want. You want to be able to, to 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 progress through the year knowing where are our successes and where are we having some challenges and what are we going to do to alleviate those challenges? Because then it keeps everybody safe. It stops people worrying. Yeah. Because we don't want to be worry warts at night worrying about, you know, that we've got a decline about funding. We just need to be on the front foot all the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, that sounds yep. very fair. So basically, first thing to be doing right now is sorting out your budget. Yep. Get that really clear in your head and then look for where your opportunities yep. are. We've just talked about seven different streams of opportunity financially. So start exploring them and yep. looking at where you can start
0: building in yep. some of those spaces. And there'll be some funding workshops coming up for, next yep. year, for 2024 that you can come to. Uh, there'll be some budget workshops. If you don't see a budget workshop up on our website, do let us know. Always happy to just create anything for you. Happy to do one-on-one work with you around budgets um, because they are – Fantastic Yeah, the best mechanism
1: I know yes, One of these money people And they just love it they freak I just me wish out, I could but... operate
0: My own budget <laughs> <Yeah>. that well
1: <laughs> Yeah, And that's probably The lesson for all of us <laughs> Look um, This is always A brilliant conversation And we didn't even get time For a break today There's so much to talk about We will be back To have another conversation um, About the next step f- About un- understanding the books Yes But that is us for this week Thank you very much For joining me And you have been Listening to Connect With Community Waka It's a free FM 89